You're listening to On the Right Road. Get ready to experience extraordinary real-life inspiration and discover valuable tools to help kids find and travel the right road in school and in life. And now, here's your award-winning host, author, singer-songwriter, producer, humanitarian, and founder of Right Road Kids. It's Paula Phillips. Right Road! Hello, everyone, and welcome to On the Right Road. I'm your host, Paula Phillips, and as always, I've got something good and positive and wonderful to say and share with you all this evening. Hey, happy Thanksgiving week. I am so thankful for all of you listening and for tonight's show and that you're all here with me. Tonight's topic is going to be first aid for teacher burnout, and I actually think that many parts of the program will be helpful for everyone listening, whatever field you may be in. Um, But my wish and prayer for tonight is that it will be a one-hour respite for you that just refreshes and rejuvenates you and that every second is jam-packed with information and inspiration that are really first aid for your spirit and soul and any burnout you may be experiencing and that the show tonight helps you avoid burnout from happening along your life's journey. Now, the demands of the teaching profession and the subsequent burnout that's just far too rampant these days are in many ways very unique to teaching and unlike that in any other profession. All the elements involved in teacher burnout and what it means and feels like, it's all really hard to put in words to try to explain to someone unless they're a teacher, but Here are just a few telling statistics coming from various sources that I think will help make the situation about it really, really clear. Here we go. 73% of teachers report that they are often under stress. Only 39% of U.S. teachers report they are very satisfied with their jobs. 40 to 50% of new teachers leave within their first five years on the job, and half a million teachers leave the profession every year. Teacher attrition has risen by 41% over the last two decades. Nearly 66 of our country's best teachers continue to leave the profession for careers elsewhere. This is an international epidemic. As an example, the UK's Education Staff Health Survey indicated 91% of school teachers suffer from stress and 74% experience anxiety. (laughs) Even the good old Merriam-Webster dictionary refers to teachers in its examples of how to use the word burnout. That's what we're dealing with in terms of the profession that really constitutes the hardest and yet the most important job in our society. And from what so many of you have shared with me by pouring out your hearts in messages and emails lately, you, Right Road Teacher friends, are are in the midst of this stress and anxiety and burnout. And I want to read some of your messages tonight. I'm going to read them anonymously without the teacher's names attached because I know these are very personal messages. They're heart felt and I don't want to make anyone feel embarrassed but I've decided to share some of them here so that you all realize you're not alone and so those of you listening who are not teachers I think in a special way this will help everyone realize what's really happening and how important it is that we really take care of the teachers in our society and in our world and although I'm not going to share the names here these are actually going to be my be my on the right road teacher listener shout outs for this evening so each teacher whose note I share right now will receive a school supply grab bag fun huh <laughs> and these are just a handful of the thousands of 
of messages I've received from you wonderful Right Road teacher friends over the last couple of weeks leading up to tonight's program regarding this whole topic of teacher burnout. So I love you all. I'm so glad you're here with me. And here are just some of a few of our wonderful Right Road teacher friends listening. Teacher number one shared with me, I have a challenging class of third graders this year and I'm already feeling burned out and it's not even Thanksgiving. They simply zap so much out of me that I don't have much time to give my family. Number two, I'm about to lose a co-worker after the new year. She just turned in her resignation this week because of burnout, and I am so sad. I'm passing on your information about this show to my colleagues in hopes it will help all of them and keep yet another awesome teacher from burning out. Number three, I had a difficult time last year and ended up going on antidepressants to cope with burnout and stress. Thank you for doing a show on this. I'm going to tell my friends to listen because they are all feeling the same way. Number four, after 17 years of teaching, I am questioning whether or not this is truly where I need to be. This episode could not come at a better time. Number five, you have impeccable timing on doing a show on teacher burnout because this teacher is at her breaking point. I am struggling to keep my sanity. I'm spread too thin. Every teacher in my school is spread too thin. We are all burning out and I don't know if we can make it through this school year. We need advice. Number six, I have definitely hit teacher burnout after 18 years. Please pray that I find the joy I once had in teaching and can get past this season of stressors. Number seven, teaching has become very difficult. It's all about data, data, data. The joys of teaching have become few and far between. I love my students, but I'm so overwhelmed with the numbers and tasks that are truly not related to students. Where is the joy? Please tell me that I'm not alone. Number eight. Thank you for listening. I've often wondered if all teachers think the same. I drive home after a long week and low test scores and think, am I enough? I question if I'm good enough. I know the kids love me. I know I work hard and have the exhaustion to show for it. It's almost four months into the school year, and it seems we are still struggling with behavior in my school. There is so much pressure to teach and fit in all the effective teaching components to do it in an expert way, but is it sinking in? It's deflating when scores show no for 55% of the kids. It's so hard when you have a second grader who doesn't know their alphabet, but you're expected to get them to pass a reading test. Other teachers seem as stressed as I am. I want to be doing my best always, but I'm just so tired. And number nine, I began teaching a 2-3 combo class this year, and I'm barely hanging on. We are starting to do our district bench district benchmarks. Some days I feel like someone is cutting the rope I'm hanging on to. When I need a pick-me-up, I log on and listen to your broadcasts. You are an inspiration, and the sound of your voice makes me feel calm and confident. You guys, you're not alone. And in the in the midst of all the emotions I'm feeling after reading those heartfelt notes, it just it also makes my heart so happy to know that on the right road is a blessing for you. And that's what I pray tonight's show will be for all of you. A huge blessing. Tonight is going to provide help real help for teacher burnout and stress and real help in understanding the whole issue. So welcome to every single one of you listening. I love and appreciate and I'm so thankful for you all. I really consider, like I always say, all of you guys are like family to my heart and soul. And I found that one of the best ways to erase burnout is through appreciation. So I've got my first On the Right Road giveaway for this evening. And since it's the month of Thanksgiving, 
Tonight's giveaways are all going to be about giving thanks for teachers. And we'll announce all the recipients from tonight's giveaways on our Right Road Kids Facebook page tomorrow. And we'll get all the gifts from tonight's show out in the mail to the recipients the week of of November 27th after Thanksgiving, okay? So here's tonight's first On the Right Road giveaway. It's, of course, open to all teachers in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now. And first, um, like I always like to do, I want to make sure to mention tonight's code words. I've got two words tonight and those words are first aid (laughs) so if you're new to on the right road here's what you're going to do go to our right road kids facebook page have that up and ready throughout the whole show as each giveaway comes up marcy's going to pop it up on our right road kids facebook page she hasn't put this one up yet because she'll wait till i explain it but then what you're going to do is just follow the simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post that's on our right road kids facebook page but also make sure to type in the code words first aid because that officially enters you because we know you're officially listening tonight. Okay, so I hope that makes sense. Easy as pie. So for this first giveaway tonight, I've got six of the cutest, happiest, coolest flower scotch tape dispensers you have ever seen. (laughs) I just can't imagine how someone would not smile every day seeing one of these on their desks. I thought this would be such a special way to spread appreciation for all you do every day, teachers. So there will be six teacher recipients as part of this giveaway, and each will receive one of the awesome flower dispensers along with a whole bunch of fun refill tape. So to enter, you can go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow those simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post remember to include tonight's code words first aid as part of your entry comment type those in okay so marcy you can pop that up on our right road kids facebook page right now it'll be open until just after the end of the show till 6 30 p.m pacific 9 30 eastern tonight and we'll announce the six recipients on our right road kids facebook page tomorrow special thanks to nair and the socal DCH, Audi, Honda, Lexus, Ford, and Toyota dealerships for helping to make this giveaway possible. And you know this is just the first of the awesome giveaways I'll have throughout the show tonight. So keep that Right Road Kids Facebook page close and ready to go, okay? And just a quick note that if you're not listening live tonight, we're live Sunday, November 19th. After that, of course, tonight's giveaways will be closed. But you know we've always got fun stuff, so never a worry on that front. (laughs) And now, you guys, I am so... So absolutely over the moon thrilled to introduce you all to my guest this evening. Her name is Dr. Jenny Grant Rankin. Jenny teaches the postdoc master class at the University of Cambridge, but she actually lives in California most of the year, writing books to support and uplift educators. She has a PhD in education and has served as an award-winning teacher, assistant principal, district administrator, and chief education and research officer in K through 12 public schools. Jenny is a member of Mensa. She presently uh, she presents internationally and has been honored by the White House multiple times for her dedication to students. One of her most recent books is titled First Aid for Teacher Burnout: How You Can Find Peace and Success. How absolutely perfect for tonight's show. I'm just beyond excited to introduce you all to Dr. Jenny Rankin. Welcome to On the Right Road, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me, Paula. It's it's such an honor to be on your show and and honor talking with you and then also having all these great listeners who are out there on the front lines of education making a difference for kids. 
Oh, well, and I'm just I'm just so thrilled and honored that, that you're here. And one of the things that brought you to my attention and really made me just know that I had to have you a guest here on The Right Road was your book, First Aid for Teacher Burnout. It's so spot on. And it just provides such tremendous insights and helpful tips to avoid burnout and what to do if you're in the middle of it. I mean, it's so well-researched. It's true to, truly what I would call a treasure for every teacher. Oh, it's, I feel like it's a so map. Much. You're welcome. I feel like it's a, it's a map for not burning out. And so um, much of the information applies to everyone, but there's definitely that unique factor in terms of burnout relating to teachers. So what I'd like to do tonight, Jenny, is to, this evening touch upon as many of your tips and insights as possible to plant as many helpful seeds as possible that will inspire and support all of our amazing teachers and other friends tuning in, okay? Does that sound good? That sounds great. That sounds great. Perfect. So to just start right away here, we hear a lot about the importance of having a good attitude and positive mindset in avoiding burnout. I mean, that's kind of commonsensical. But while attitude and mindset, of course, play an important role, I realize they're only part of the big picture. They're only part of avoiding the burnout equation. But let's start here if we could, okay? Can you share about... This first step in avoiding burnout being the primed mindset and attitude and really related to that, the importance of avoiding toxic traps. Sure. Uh, Well, I love, too, that you mentioned it's so important, yet it is only part of the of the recipe for success, so to speak, um, because when we do read about teacher burnout, so much focuses only on mindset. And, um, you know, we would never want to say, hey, go and have a great attitude about a bad situation. And all you have to do is keep having a good attitude. Uh, so I, I love that. I love that you put that caution in there because it's, it's so true. Uh, we want to prime ourselves with a positive attitude. We want to avoid, you know, when I say toxic traps, you know, for at some schools, it's the faculty room. You know, sometimes you walk in there and it's just it's, it goes beyond venting it's it's not talking about solutions it's just kind of dwelling in the problems um, sometimes it's a colleague sometimes it's uh, an administrator and it can be anybody and we just want to we want to avoid the negative talk as much as we can um, we want to vent of course because the reality is we have a really rough job to vent about um, right. but we also want to say you know well what are our burnout triggers and what are we going to do about that and when I you know, catch myself feeling down, you know, what am I going to do to turn it around? Well, and I like that, that you said, really think about what your triggers are, because we all have them and they're different for each one of us. So if you can, I mean, even write them down, I would think, what are those triggers that just set you off into a situation where you're not just venting and letting off a little steam, but you really start to wallow. And that's not good. That's where the burnout just really starts to set in. So related to this, Jenny, uh, this is something that I read in your book that I'm going to start. I think I do this, you know, every day anyway way, but it really made me think even that much deeper. Can you share with everyone what the swap it game is? This is like, this is a tip that's life changing. Yeah, it's, and and initially it's hard to get into the habit, but once you've, if you've been, you know, vigilant about, about trying this, eventually it becomes quite automatic that every time you have an unconstructive thought, you know, like my, my students just can't learn. You know, some something where you catch yourself and like, oh, you know, that's not right. that's not constructive. You know, then you you turn that thought around and you say, okay, wait a second. 
every student can learn, every student can grow, you know, and you turn that around or, you know, this is never going to work out. Wait a second. No, this can work out. And, and even if, even if when you turn it around, you're not feeling it in the moment, you know, the reality is, is that there, there is always hope at the end of the tunnel, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. There is always hope. There is always a way out of these rough situations. Um, so once you begin, once you turn it around and you start thinking, um, and, and I know some teachers, even when they catch themselves having negative thought, they'll think, okay, what are two positive things I can be grateful for? You know, they'll just do it in a different way. You know, what are two things I like about my job? You know, whatever it is that gets us in that positive mindset, it, it makes us more likely to find those solutions and to get to a place that is actually quite better than it is right now. Well, and that's what really connected with me was the idea of swapping the bad thought. So when it, when a bad thought just knocks you over, you know, like a, yeah. a 90 mile an hour wind, it, stop yeah. yourself right there and swap that negative thought with two good thoughts. And yeah. I, I've started doing this and it, cha- it boom, it just, it gets yeah. you out of the funk. And I think that is such a key to avoiding the burnout. So now in the book, you also share about the importance of enriching your environment. How yeah. and why is that such an important key for teachers, especially? Yeah, well, for teachers, I mean, in some professions, maybe we're in an office some of the time, but then we're in the conference room, you know, frequently throughout the day, or we're in our our uh, boss's office throughout the day or colleagues' offices. But for teachers, more often than other professions, we're we're stuck in that same environment all day long. And lots of times that environment, you know, especially if we are overwhelmed and it starts to get messy or cluttered or, you know, it can really bring us down. And right. um, so we want to take a hard look at our environment and go, how can we make this a more positive place? And also, how can we cha- make changes so that it it helps support our workflow better so that our job becomes less stressful. Oh, that's awesome. So, so like you almost think of your home. It, it almost needs to be like your sanctuary or your safe haven. And if it's overwhelming, yeah. just think of maybe one corner that you can yeah. make beautiful and lovely yeah. and wonderful and cool, something that you see yeah. it and it brings an automatic calm and smile to your face. If you can't do the whole room, start with one corner of your desk, one corner of the room, yeah. and then build from there. So again, you're making the progress. You're not wallowing in the burnout factor. You're changing it around to the good. So here's another question. With everything that's thrown at teachers on a daily basis, I think, and I know that you think this too, Jenny, overstimulation can become an issue. It's not fun, and it fosters burnout. How can overstimulation and so much going on at once be avoided to bring kind of that peaceful feeling to your life? Yeah, one thing is to to recognize, because lots of times we think, well, you know, no matter what, there's so much being thrown at me. And, And yes, that's the case as a teacher, for sure. But for that reason, we need to stop and think, okay, where can I set boundaries to where my brain gets some kind of break? Um, and so we have to set boundaries for others, but also for ourselves. Like I used to, I remember I was, when I was a teacher, a very rough area, um, my kids need a lot of extra help. And so at lunchtime, I never took a lunch. You know, I just had my kids came in for extra help and I used lunchtime for that. And that was great for the kids short term, but I have to think as a teacher, you know, I've got to take care of myself 
first, sort of like when you're on the plane and the oxygen mask drops, you know, you have to put it on yourself before you put it on the kid or else you're not going to be around to help the kid. And so I I finally had to carve out that lunchtime and say, you know what, I know it's helping them right now, but it's going to cut down my sustainability as a teacher. I'm not going to be able to stay in this tough job if I'm never giving myself a break. So I'm going to have to start saying, you know, come the the last, you know, last 10 minutes of lunch, you know, and I'll, I'll get you on the right path for homework that night or whatever it is, um, but not the whole lunch period. Um, and lunch would, of course, just be one example. You know, there are other things right. we can set boundaries on our email, you know, create filters so that it's not all hammering us at once. We can change our smartphones so that we don't get work email on our smartphones. And, and I know that's hard to do, especially as a really dedicated teacher. Like, I get how hard it is, but we yes. have to remember that if we don't set some boundaries, we're going to burn out and we, we won't be able to be there for our kids. So we have to start saying, you know what, I'm going to put some limits here. I'm going to limit my use of social media for professional development, except for a particular day or, you know, whatever those limits are so that I can start to carve out some calm time where my brain will just have peace and quiet. Well, and I like how you added, too, because I know, like, if if teachers, for example, do that at lunch where they allow the kids to come in and get the extra help, and that can be a very uplifting experience for the kids. But I like how you said, okay, limit it to the last 10 minutes or do maybe do a fun Friday or something where you let them come in on Friday and bring their lunch or what, you know. But I like how it's still setting boundaries. It's allowing it. And and when you take control for yourself, it's like even sometimes 10 or 15 minutes when you feel ownership of that time, it's like, oh, this is my time it empowers you in a way that's hard to put into words so thank you for I I just love how you're clarifying things and and making it like really understandable for teachers to just grasp right away so now here's another question (laughs) this is a hot topic what about taking work home I mean teachers have a bajillion things to do always is that an okay philosophy in your mind Oh, I, that, and that is, you're right. That is such a, that's such a hot topic because I think, you know, back when I was, I was a junior high teacher, I thought I couldn't have done amazing lesson plans and done all this stuff, you know, if I wasn't taking work home, but I can also reflect on it and know that I was taking far more work home than I should have. And, and for each teacher, this is going to be a real individual decision, you know, how much to take home. It's real easy to say, we'll never take it home. But, but lots of times that can actually cause more stress because then the teacher's scrambling in the morning or doesn't feel prepared. Um, But you, you want to, you want to kind of carve out what's, what's the, what can you get away with, so to speak. Um, And for one thing, don't tote a big, a big tote bag home if you know <laughs> that you're not going to get to it because it's just going to sit there. It's going to haunt you, you know. That right, it's bag. going to be a stressor. Um, I to- Yes, it's going yeah. to sit there and be like looking at you with its evil eyes <laughs> and totally. then you're going to feel worse. It, yes. Yeah, and instead you could, you could just say, you know, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to score 10 journals a night or I'm going to score 15, you know, set a boundary, only take that home. And, and on top of that, while I say this, it might be, not sound very doable, but one thing that's so crucial is that teachers reevaluate their view of homework because there's so much evidence coming out, uh, particularly um, out of Stanford Graduate School of Education, um, Dr. Uh, Denise Pope. Um, there's been a lot of research on how little homework is 
is really effective. You know, there's no, for elementary school, there's no correlation between homework and student achievement at all. The only exception is reading, you know, at-home reading. Uh, from middle school and up, we start to see a connection, uh, but it goes, it that improvement in student achievement, it fades after um, an hour and a half for middle school and two hours for high school. So you have to figure you're one teacher of many, you know, divide that by how many subjects the child has. And that's the most homework you should be assigning because when teachers scale back on homework, you know, lots of times all of a sudden they're not grading as much and it's actually helpful for the teacher and the student. Right. Well, that's what I was just going to say. That's going to cut down mountains on the grading aspect and all the time that that takes. I mean, and as a parent, I find that my son's in seventh grade and I've always found, even since he was in kindergarten and first grade, homework, balanced homework to be very helpful because, and this totally depends on the situation, but I do like a little bit of homework in each subject because it allows them the practice. So as a parent, I can see, is my child really getting this, you know, but it's, I agree if it's mountains and mountains, it's, it's not helping the child probably, like you said, they're shutting down and then the teacher's overwhelmed with everything they have to grade. So, you know, here's a sentence that I read in your book that is teachers, this is it in terms of taking stuff home and the grading and all this wor- extra workload that you have, listen to this. If something does not need to be taken home, uh, 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 wait a minute, use school to do the least fun stuff and take yeah. the most fun stuff home. So if you've, and we all understand sometimes you got to take work home, take the yeah. most fun stuff home. So it's kind of like you're almost excited to sit down for that, hour or two or three and do it Um, because there's some work that I love to do so I totally get that I'm so glad you included that in your book now Jenny oh my gosh I have so many questions okay another of your key insights is employing what you call systems meaning when thoughts and worries and those to-do lists weigh on your mind it's hard to relax and rejuvenate like we were just talking about that pile of work staring at you from home, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so how can teachers set up these systems to kind of record their thoughts and ideas and to-do lists and funnel them into productive places so they can be dr- addressed when it's appropriate so your mind can be free of them in the meantime so you can be present in what's going on with all, all this worry sitting on your shoulder. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. And I, I think what you're touching on is, is because uh, a lot of that comes to play when it comes to work volume, you know, yes. like just drowning under mountains of work. Um, I, I think one thing to keep in mind is that, you know, especially for teachers who have been doing it for a really long time, you know, we think, hey, I've always done it this way. This works for me. This, you know, um, but if we stop and we really take a, an, an inventory of everything we're doing, a really critical inventory. And we say, okay, what's taking, what am I spending the most time on? You know, what, um, what do I dread doing? Uh, for example, when I taught seventh and eighth grade, I it was teaching English, which is, you know, tons of, of grading writing samples, right, you know, and right. I, I dreaded those journals. My gosh, you know, I hope my students never hear this, but it just, it was so much work, you know, I mean, it right, was like, right. I hear what you're saying. I'm going to bed at night. And, and so we have to stop and say, okay, I want to be effective as a teacher. I want to have energy for my kids. 
Um, how can I change what I'm doing? You know, what can I get rid of? What, um, if there's something I'm doing, for example, the writing journals, if there's something I'm doing that I'm dreading and I'm, I'm, you know, struggling to get the grading done, which of course is giving kids late feedback. And there's a lot of evidence that feedback isn't necessarily as effective as we think it is when it comes to writing on students' written work. You know, I mean, it's not always read and that sort of thing, you know, to, to do an assessment, go, you know, is this really serving my kids and is it really serving me? And if it's not, start, pick that as an area for professional development to say, okay, what are other teachers doing that works for them? Which of those things could work for me and my kids? You know, come up with new systems that'll make, um, it'll just make things a lot easier. You know, I mean, even some of those systems can be even having students help out more in the classroom than they do. You know, lots of times when we do peer assessment of work, it, it actually helps kids a lot. And I know teachers groan when we say peer assessment because there are a lot of pitfalls. You know, the, yeah. a student isn't going to grade a student's work, you know, to the same degree we are. But just use it as a preliminary step. You know, use it on the rough draft. Use it just leading up to the stage where you jump in and you're putting your feedback in there. You know, while you do, do whole class feedback, pull one paper and, and do it, you know, as a class where everybody can see. You know, there, there are ways that you can be giving feedback without taking every single student's paper, you know. Um, and, that, and that's just when it comes to, to written work. Um, right, right, there right. Are, yeah, so we really want to do that that critical assessment of what we're doing and say, okay, that's what I'm going to start with first. I need to replace this. What's something that will work better? Well, and I like the whole thought of weeding out stuff that doesn't really work. Like in one particular yeah. year, I'm just trying to think of an example here. Even with do, doing my show, you know, there are, yeah. there's so much involved in the preparation and there are so many steps involved. Yeah. And once in a while, you know, as we're growing and growing and growing, a step that may have worked really effectively a year ago is oh, now yeah. so tedious in it and it's not being as effective. Yeah. It might be, whereas it took an hour before, it might take six hours now. And it's like, yeah. oh, wait a minute, maybe I can adjust this slightly. And then you adjust it and it's like, oh my gosh, I've just weeded out five hours that weren't really yeah. necessary with the way that things are now. So maybe your class is completely different this year than it was last year. The kids' personalities, everything. So you can weed yeah. things out and adjust them a little bit. And those little things, like you said, can make a world of difference. Oh, I love this. So stay with me, Jenny. Okay, I've got my next On the Right Road giveaway for this evening. And it's actually in your honor. And then I've got a ton more questions for you, okay? <laughs> okay, <laughs> So here we go. Get this, you guys. Giveaway number two, of course. You know it's open to all teachers in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now. I have four of Jenny Rankin's amazing first aid for teacher burnout books and two $30 Amazon gift cards so two more of you can purchase one. This, like I've been saying this whole evening, is one of those books that's a must-read for every teacher. Whether you're new to the profession or a longtime veteran, whether you're experiencing burnout or whether you just want to make sure that you're going to avoid it in, in the future, oh my gosh, you got to get this book. So for this giveaway, there's going to be six teacher recipients and each will receive one of the books or a $30 Amazon gift card to buy one. So to enter... Just go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow those simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post. Remember to include tonight's code words first aid as part of your entry comment, even if you included them in tonight's earlier giveaway, of, 
Okay. So, Marcy, you can go ahead and put that up on our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now. It'll be open until just after the end of the show, till 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern tonight. And we'll announce the six recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page tomorrow. Huge thanks to Jenny's publisher, Taylor and Francis Group, and also Health Coaching with Claudine and Lori Stinas and our Keller Williams real estate team for helping to make this awesome giveaway possible. Now, Jenny, I got another list of mile long here. I want to dive right in, okay? Volunteers, okay? Such a key word here. They can be such a huge blessing, but sometimes, and I find a lot of times doing it yourself is often easier and takes less time than trying to train volunteers, especially when you're so pressed to time, yet help is the key to avoiding burnout. So how can teachers make the most out of volunteers and helpers' time? Parents, like you mentioned before, teachers, how can they do that? Well, I think it's it's funny how you mentioned that whole, you know, if I do it myself, I can do it better. I can do it because <laughs> I'm like that. I'm very type A, like I'm super type A. You know, I like to do things myself. So I totally get that, that mindset. And that's how I started out when I was teaching, but it just wasn't sustainable for me to do everything. And right. so um, one, of the, one of the keys I found to making the most of my volunteers' time was one, I had to, anything I was doing in terms of preparing lessons, uh, scoring things, whatever it was, I had to always think in terms of what can only I do versus what could somebody else be doing, you know? I like and then that. Yes. I just, I just became a master of sorting it out. You know, certain things where I think, even when it came to scoring, things where I would think, you know what, you know, someone could do these preliminary steps of getting these prepared, and then I can come in and do these pieces. And I would sort of farm my things out. And um, and I was always ready for student helpers. Like, I had... Um, I constantly, like the other, like I let all my colleagues know, know, they always knew if they had a kid who finished early or they had a kid, you know, or, or the ASB students, you know, were, were done and ready to do something, they could always send kids to my room. You know, sometimes, and, and of course, I know there's the, the ethical standpoint of, is this the best thing for that kid to be doing? You know, because we always want to think of a child's education. But if a right. kid has an ASB period to be helping, or that kid does want to do something different and creative, and, you know, and I think, well, gosh, I could have my, you know, I could have my volunteers building these samples, you know, these student samples for right. this lesson that I'm going to do. And then suddenly the kids are building those samples instead of me, you, you know. Well, and I, I, I love your question that the key question there that you said is what can I only, what are the things that only I can do in this situation? Yeah. And get get yeah. quick at separate, making the two lists of these are the things that I can do. These are the things that I think sometimes weeding through that, what other people, yeah. what you really need help with. I love that because it's kind yeah. of black. A lot of things aren't black and white, but it's kind of black and white and it makes it easier to weed through what you can get. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So and now I had a, and I had this, go ahead. I had a little station set up with two chairs and I would, you know, I had these little things I just staple, you know, this sort of direction sheet to things. And the direction sheet was usually just one of a few different things. So it wasn't like I was creating a new direction sheet all the time. But, you know, stacks would sort of have this sheet on them, like this needs to be done with this, like they need to be fed into the scanner or or whatever it is, you know. And it made it just so easy because somebody could come in, you know, an adult volunteer, a student, whatever, and just go to work. Oh, so you don't have to explain it 27 times. It's right there written down the exact steps. Oh, I love that. Perfect. What a time saver. 
You know, that's nice too for parent volunteers because, and, and this is something, I mean, I was at junior high and a lot of times parents get asked to volunteer a ton in elementary school and then all of a sudden they're not being utilized in the, at the secondary level. But, you know, I put parents to work and, and I found that if I had a sheet that just explained everything, you know, no matter which volunteer was coming in, I didn't have to stand there and, and handhold. I could just be like, here, you know, right. here, here right. are my words. You know, and I'd use the same sheet all the time. So it, it made it easy. Well, that's awesome. Well, now here's something that's interesting. I think a light bulb will go off for a lot of us here. Even though every single day for a a teacher is jam-packed, believe it or not, boredom and tedium can also be tremendous issues that can lead to burnout. It sounds like an oxymoron, but I truly understand this point. When you do or teach something over and over again. So how can this boredom, because when you're bored or when it feels tedious or, you know, oh gosh, I've explained this topic 92 times. How can this boredom factor be avoided? Yeah, it's um, and lots of times it hits our veterans, you know, more than it's going to hit our our newer teachers. Right. Yes. Um, but one is, and 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 like you, I was, I thought it sounded, you know, counterintuitive. I thought, you know, because I know as a teacher, I was really overwhelmed. But but it is a really big. Um, it, it's it's a very power. It's less common, um, but it's very very powerful as a, as a burnout trigger. Um, yes. So I definitely wanted to cover it. And and one is you just have to. Fight routine and just say, okay, what am I going to change? You know, maybe I'm going to change my practice in some way. Maybe going, I'm going to teach a different grade level. You know, maybe I'm going to mix up what I'm doing. Um, but another thing, and I think this is so important for the teaching profession, is all of those great teachers out there, there's so many ways we can be sharing our expertise with other teachers and with with um, with researchers, with higher ed, you know, with policymakers, with all these folks that that can benefit from learning more about what works for us and what doesn't, you know, and and all of our expertise in the classroom. That's actually the next book, the one I'm working on right now that I just signed contracts for. It's called Sharing Your Education Expertise with the World, and it's awesome. um, it's all about that sharing. You know, we can get out there and present at conferences. I mean, there are so many, for example, there are so many online international education conferences that teachers can participate in from the comfort of their own home in their PJs. You know, they load their PowerPoint (laughs) slides and that's, you know, that's all the audience sees and they can do it, you know, in the evening or on the weekend or, you know, sometime after hours. And um, it's when they start to share their their expertise with others, it really enhances their enjoyment of the job. You know, they'll even find themselves making new little tweaks to their lesson because they're going to present it and they realize something would, something would improve it in some way. I mean, it, it really, I had a, I presented it on this topic on, on teacher burnout um, just last weekend and, um, or um, there was a teacher in there. I talked about tedium and there was a teacher that was talking afterwards when, when I had them working in groups. And she said, you know, this sharing, this writing articles, you know, for different publications and, yeah. and this sharing outside of my classroom walls, she said, it has just reinvigorate, reinvigorated me. It's, it's just, it's completely uh, just breathed new life into me and into my profession. And so I, I think that's a good way to go, too, is not only changing up what we do in the classroom, but what, what can we do to, to mentor others, to find partners that want to do a new project, to, you know, collaborate with, with other educators and, and just write about what we're doing, speak about what we're doing, all these things that benefit the profession as a whole and also us as teachers. 
Well, and and every single teacher out there, every single one of you listening, you have own, your own unique gifts and your own unique ways of yeah. doing it. And you have so much to share with the world. So I love that. Yeah. And another thing, as you were talking, that just popped into my mind, like something yeah. that can really help in the actual classroom when you're feeling like, oh, they're not getting this or this is, it's, yeah. if it seems boring to you. It's probably yeah. boring to them. And what I yeah. have found to be really helpful when I'm facing that in working with kids, I think it's my responsibility to come up with, even if it's just a two-minute little fun brain break, something to yeah. s- literally stop. Have your little tool chest of, you know, 20 things that you yeah. can pull out, and and that can shift it all into an exciting new world just at the drop of a hat in those two minutes. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So now here's another Another thing that in terms of the whole burnout issue, the building and maintaining of support networks has been found yeah. tremendously preventative and it alleviates yeah. burnout. How do you feel? And, and I, this is really close to my heart because I feel yeah. so strongly and passionately about the Right Road community that we've built yeah. and that we're building. It's like a, a respite for all of our souls. Yeah. We know that we've got this family here. Um, how yeah. can teachers best build these support networks um, in their own school communities. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's huge. I mean, collaboration is one of the biggest, um, and not just collaborating on projects, but just, yeah, like you're talking about that sense of community and that, um, you know, working with others and um, approaching the whole profession together. It's one of the absolute best ways to avoid burnout. And, And one of the reasons it's so powerful is because it, it, it uh, touches all these other areas. You know, it, it touches how well we're doing at classroom management. It touches how we're able to tackle a lack of, of resources. You know, it, it touches on everything. Um, it touches if we're overcommitting versus if we're able to lean on others, you know. And so collaboration is huge. And, and this is another place where, you know, I shared earlier that I'm, I type A and I'm usually one of those people like, you know, I just want to do it myself. I know that I'll, you know, I know it'll be outdone how I want to do it. Um, so, but that's something that when it comes to collaboration, we really have to push through that and and know that everyone at a school site is going to be better at something. You know, we're, we're, there's no way that one teacher is the best at everything. You, you know, right, there's, right. there's definitely going to be some of our colleagues who are better at some things than others. Like, we might be fantastic at putting together a comprehensive lesson plan, but, and, and maybe the neighbor, you know, maybe our neighboring teacher, you know, has poor classroom management, and it seems like his classroom's all, all always a mess, but at the same time, maybe he just knows how to breathe fun into things, you know, and maybe right, he's going right. to have some outside-of-the-box ideas. You know, if we always benefit <laughs> from from working with others and others and sharing our work with others. And so um, one thing I recommend is starting small when it comes to collaboration and um, picking, say, one other colleague where, you know, he or she has the same work ethic as us, tends to kind of do things in a similar way, probably teaches the same subject. Um, you know, start with that one person. And it might be someone at our school site. It might be someone at a different school site, you know, maybe right. in the district. Or, so, I mean, one of my prime collaborators, you know, now we travel and we present at conferences 
conferences together, we room together, is a woman that I met. She's fabulous, Dr. Marty Johnson, and she's a district administrator in Tennessee. Um, and she and we met because when I was doing a study, she called in to participate, and we ended up just talking. And we collaborate on all kinds of things virtually because technology makes it so easy now. So it's just to find that one person to start with and and just be really clear about what your goals are, what your time frame is, you know, who's doing what, and pretty soon you can start lesson planning together. You can, you know, you put together the assessment, I'll put together the, you know, this part, you do the warm up. You know, when we tackle things like that, we're we're cutting our workload at least in half. Um, and then as more people join in, if they want to do it, you know, a certain way that that's going to, to meet our needs, we can cut it by even more, you know, cut the workload by even more. And it, it's just so vital to, to making our profession sustainable. Well, and as you've been sharing, I, I'm in my mind, I'm going through this Right Road family and all of you listening. Yeah. I mean, there are so many things that what, somebody will write a comment. You'll post a, a, yeah. a note on Facebook and all of a sudden it'll get the ball rolling. I mean, we, I collaborate with M- Melissa yeah. Smith in Wisconsin for Donors yeah. Choose. Rhonda Pena in Texas. Yeah. You know, th- these are teachers yeah. that have reached out on Facebook. Rhonda does so yeah. much of our reaching out to, to, to get people to donate cool things to write road. I mean, it's just yeah. so, so don't be afraid to reach out. I think that's the key. Yeah. And you'll find and those key collaboration partners. And I hope that right yeah. road will be one of them for you forever because you are part of our family. So now Jenny, sometimes burnout triggers are beyond one's control. For example, administrators. Mm-hmm. And I want to preface yeah. what I'm going to say here by saying that many, many principals and administrators are wonderful. But in the same breath, we all know that many are not, and those who are not can harm students, they can demean teachers, and they can promote teacher burnout. How, and we only have a couple minutes here, Jenny, but how can teachers connect with, in a nutshell, with administrators who may not be so wonderful and who may not be understanding all of what we're talking about tonight? Sure. Uh, One is, um, gosh, yeah, it's big. One is to know that you can advocate for change. You know, even even though you're you're not in control of the administration, you have to advocate for change. And another is to know this administrator likely used to be a teacher at one time. You know, and and lots of times we're quick to think, oh, that administrator is dumb or you know just a jerk or you know doesn't know how to do his or her job. Um, but we need to stop. And before we draw those conclusions, you know, I, I've been an administrator. It's a really stressful job as well. You know, we can just stop and think, well, maybe that person's just overwhelmed. Maybe that person, you know, is just an expert in areas different than I am. You know, really try to to come to a, a place of, of empathy um, and then try to um, meet some kind of common ground. Um, one thing is suggesting solutions. Lots of times administrators are overwhelmed. So if we come with a problem, we might not right. be, We might not feel like we're being heard. But if we suggest solutions, you know, we're on the front lines. We know, you know, a lot of the times what's going to, what might likely work. Um, so just kind of suggesting, um, we can encourage the administrator to, to not look at it the same way all the time. Maybe think outside the box. Um, another trick is when you're talking to your, when you're talking to your minister, say, you know, yeah, there's this problem and I know, you know, I know that would concern you, you know, and say, what, what are, what do you think we can do about it? 
You know, what What can we do about it? And you put yourself just in your choice of words, you put yourself on the same team as the administrator. So it's yes. not, you know, what are you going to do about it? What are right, you going to do? Right, right. I need this. You know, it's, hey, you're talking as if you're a team, and and you really are. You know, you're in two different positions to help the kids. So, you know, talk about what, you know, what is it we're going to do? We, you know, we need to solve this. Okay, well, maybe that won't work. Then what will work? Cause, and, and make it, because make it, because obviously we have to find something. You, you know, <laughs> make it like right. it's not going to go away. Um, you can, of course, involve district administration or, and sometimes this is a toxic district administrator, you know, that can happen too, but you can, you can definitely bring in others, but you at least first want to try working it out with the administrator because you don't, you don't want to put yourself on opposite sides if, if you don't have to. You really want to well, try to approach it as a team. Well, and I like talking, like thinking of walking in their shoes and remembering what they're yeah. going through and come, you know, going to them. I've got a couple of solutions to this. I love that. Yeah. Now, I want to make sure, Jenny, that everybody knows how they can reach you. I know your website is overthecounterdata.com. And she has written many wonderful books, including the one we're focusing on tonight, First Aid for Teacher Burnout. So please check out Jenny. You can check out all of her books. You can, um, she does, I know, presentations. She's got so many wonderful pieces of information that she can share with you and provide for you. So again, check that out at overthecounterdata.com. Thank you so much, Jenny, for being my guest this evening on The Right Road. What a blessing you are. I just, I love you. Thank you, Paula. Right back at you. It's been such an honor, and I, I just um, I can't thank you enough for having me on and, and for everything you're doing for educators out there and, and of course, through them for students. I really respect it, and, and it's been a pleasure. Oh, Mutual Admiration Society here. I love it. <laughs> and thank you, of course, to all of our wonderful On the Right Road sponsors, Right Road Kids, Right Road Productions, Health Coaching with Claudine, Nair, Seatsack, the Southern California DCH, Audi, Honda, Ford, Lexus, and Toyota car dealerships, Lori Stinas and her Keller Williams real estate team, and Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her extraordinary A Joy-Filled Life book. And speaking of Mo's book, A Joy-Filled Life, it's an amazing holiday gift idea. This just knocked me over the head this past week. Remember, if you're a teacher and you purchase her book, whether for yourself or as a gift, you'll receive a $30 school supply gift pack from Right Road. So, and if you purchase more than one, we'll send you an even bigger $50 school supply gift pack. So just message me or email me to let me know that you purchased it and include your school info so we know where to send the gift pack to you. Uh, you can get Mo's book at Amazon. Just Google Mo Anderson, a joy-filled life book on Amazon, and it'll pop right up. And re- just a huge reminder to mark your calendars for Sunday, December 3rd. That's our next Live on the Right Road show date. It's going to be a wonderful program with holiday giving galore for teachers like Oprah used to do. It's going to be my Paula's Favorite Things episode of the year, so you can imagine the giving fun we'll have as a part of that. I can't wait. Oh my gosh. And as you guys all know, I love to share nuggets from my heart, things that you can take with you into the week. And I've got three of them this evening. Number one for the first nugget, I'd actually like to read the last page of Jenny Rankin's First Aid for Teacher Burnout book. It's short, sweet, and perfect for tonight. Quote, think of the advice you give your students. Even in the face of adversity, you probably say things like, don't give up. You can do this. Believe in yourself. Well, you need to believe what you tell your students as the same is true for you. 
pounce on your biggest burnout inducers knowing you are worth more than burnout can give you. Little steps add up to big steps. Start with strategies you can handle best and move on to new strategies as you are able. You are a teacher. You are a hero and this world's greatest chance at progress. You will not drown in the challenges around you because the only one who knows best how to be a teacher is a teacher. And if you were brave enough to begin the calling, you are brave enough to follow it all the way. Enjoy the peace and success that awaits you there. Guys, Go get this book, First Aid for Teacher Burnout, again by Jenny Grant Rankin. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I've been so blessed with just so many amazing guests recently that have written tremendous books. This is another one to add to to your library to avoid any kind of burnout. And number two nugget, I've experienced burnout, pretty bad burnout actually, and I found my way out of it. It's been a while now since it happened, but with all there's to do every day as a mom, as an educator, as a president of a nonprofit, as a host and producer of this show, and just like for you, the list goes on and on and on, right? (laughs) What I've learned is that I need to take stock at the end of each week to make sure burnout is not on the horizon. There's just too much to be done to let that burnout get in the way or stop the wheels turning. And at the beginning of Jenny's book, like she mentioned tonight, she refers to that example of how flight attendants always say, put your own mask on before your child in case of emergency. I just think it's such a strong reminder for each of us to make sure we are putting on our own masks first, taking care of ourselves so that we are able to take care of our kids. So, take time to learn how to best take care of yourself. And when you do, I really believe that the possibilities for your life and for your teaching will skyrocket. Taking care of yourself is not being selfish. It's actually the opposite. The Right Road team and I have have been blown away by the growth that has been happening with this radio show and everything Right Road over the last couple of years. And in reflecting, I know that the growth is a direct result of my making sure to take care of myself so that I can be physically and emotionally strong to make good decisions and to be able to navigate through all the challenges and situations to know what's best for Right Road and those that we serve, like all of you amazing Right Road friends. So, Put on your own mask first, and I hope this show tonight has been like an air mask for you. That's just my wish and prayer. And number three, my third nugget for tonight, it is vital in our country and in our world that we take care of our educators, uplift them, not just pile on the pressure and responsibility that all of us need to be taking on our shoulders together to guide kids on the right road in school and in life. Our teachers are one of our greatest resources, and instead of being a part of the problems that are leading them to burn out, we need to uplift them. And again, one of the most wonderful ways we can do that is through appreciation. So I've got my third wonderful On the Right Road giveaway for this evening. Of course, it's open to all teachers in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now. I have 10 Right Road kindness boxes, each filled to the brim with approximately $40 of wonderful new school supplies. And these things are so special. So there will be 10 teacher recipients, and each will receive one of our Right
Right Road Kindness boxes to enter, just go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow those simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post. Remember to include the code words first aid as part of your entry comment, even if you included them in tonight's other giveaways tonight, okay? So, Marcy, you can go ahead and pop that up on our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now. It'll be open until just after the end of the show till 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern tonight. And we'll announce the 10 recipients on our Right Road Kit Facebook Right Road Kids Facebook page tomorrow. Hey, huge thanks to Nair Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams Realty, along with her wonderful A Joyful Life book for helping to make this giveaway possible. And oh my gosh, I can't believe this hour went by so quickly. Thank you again to Dr. Dr. Jenny Grant Rankin, my wonderful guest this evening on the Right Road. Thanks to my amazing right hand here, Right Road team member Marcy for the awesome behind the scenes support. Thank you to my amazing engineer Justin and the whole Voice America team. Thank you all so very much for listening and being a part of the Right Road family. Blessings, love and light to every single one of you. In case you missed any part of this evening's show or would like to share it with friends, this episode will be available of course to listen or download for free and we'll post that link on our Right Road Kids Facebook page and website within the next few days. Also, watch for the Click and Listen giveaway for this episode on our Right Road Kids Facebook page next weekend. Even if you're listening now, you can still click and listen and enter that giveaway. And I really encourage you to share this episode with your teacher friends. I mean, what a remarkable gift, all the information Jenny shared tonight for every teacher. Uh, We don't want any more teachers to leave the profession. You guys are a light in this world. Remember that the next On the Right Road show will be live here on Voice America Empowerment in just two weeks on Sunday, December 3rd. In between our live On the Right Road broadcasts, you can always connect with us on our Right Road Kids Facebook page and via our website at rightroadkids.org. Always remember, you guys, that you are special, appreciated, and loved. Until next time, Sunday, December 3rd at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern, here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Be that daily, positive, bold, empowered inspiration for the kids in your life and live your best, most amazing life on the right road. Hey, don't let burnout get the best of you. You are too valuable and amazing. Go find your peace and success, everyone, and support each other in finding it. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I love you. Thank you for listening to On the Right Road with your host, Paula Phillips. Connect with us anytime at www.rightroadkids.org or at Right Road Kids on Facebook. And we'll catch you again here every first and third Sunday of the month at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Right Road. Right Road.